Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... big occurrence in the Cation household this past weekend uh, as my daughter watched her second ever tennis match second ever we watched play we right we watched the women's final of the French Open together um, and she was engrossed in it as opposed to when she watched my co-host Noah Rubin play Ulysses Blanche in Ann Arbor Is that a show that No, because watch? she she knows I'm the tubby. Um, <laughs> she she watched these two incredibly talented players uh, doing battle on the clay. She was asking questions about why they were sliding, why the court was red and our court is green at our condo. Uh, you know, and then she, you know, and I was explaining everything to her. Why are, you know, how many points do you need to win? That kind of stuff. Um, and I said, you know, if you ever want to play, we can always go do that. And she says to me, Marnie does, uh, I just, I, I think I, I think I just want to be a ball kid when Noah plays. (sighs) Priorities. Like it just, (laughs) it just crushed my soul. On so many different levels. Yeah, I, I was going to say, which goes first, the ball boy aspiration slash ball girl aspiration or the helping Noah Just Rubin? you, specifically Just. you, that she wants to like follow you around and be your personal ball boy valet type of a thing. But what do you do? It's a great question. Um, <laughs> most of the time, I uh, like I said, Teletubby. Uh, I mean, maybe you should just start calling me that, frankly. I'm okay. Uh, no, you look great, actually. I heard you're, you're down some weight. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. After putting on 10 pounds in New York, I've lost half of that. But we forgot about New York, so you're actually just down five pounds right now. Right, Congrats. yes. Thanks. Good job. Appreciate that. I'm, There's no body shaming here. There definitely isn't. Um, how are you? You're uh, shirtless as we record this once again. Did you watch either of the finals over the weekend? Uh, no, I did not. Was that the wrong answer? Okay, try again. Rewind. Did uh, you watch the finals at all this weekend? No, I did not. Oh, one more time. Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, I don't know. Is it? I Actually, I have to say I was disappointed to miss the women's final. I did 
have something going on um, because I just did a behind the racket with Igo and mm-hmm. great, great person. Um, I really want to get that out there so people actually have an understanding of what she w- I don't know how to phrase this, but what she was before a Grand Slam champion. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds funny, but you know, to hear her thoughts and yeah. aspirations and a few lines in the story, I don't want to give too much away, but a few lines in the story literally spoke about what if. What if I get top five? What if I win a Grand Slam in the near future? Mm. I may not have time for X, Y, and Z. And yeah. it was just hysterical to read that, reread it today, actually, and be like, uh, yeah, that, that happened. When this mm. was literally, I interviewed her, I think it was about three weeks before the French. So mm. crazy to see how things can change. And what was the most game she lost in a match? Five? Four, four, four to uh, Sue. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah, no, I, it's that's if you think about the fact that neither champion lost a set, that is absurd. Just really absurd. And and Rafa, I, you know, I, I know other people have mentioned this, uh, including the illustrious Brett Haber, mentioning the the fact that you know, is there a better accomplishment in sport? Um, than what Rafa has done specifically at at Roland Garros. Our friend Eric Janssen mentioned, I can't remember her name, the wheelchair Esther from yes, from, yes. from the Netherlands, I think it is. She uh, was like 340 or 740 yeah, and two. Uh, it was, yeah, that was pretty I, incredible. I, I, I just, I, I have to say that I think Rafa's, what he, what he does at that venue is unlike anything I've ever seen in sport. It, it it just it just is. If you talk about a single venue in all of sports, it's very tough not to put it top five. Yeah. I mean, the total absolute dominance. How many is this without dropping a set? Is this three or four? Maybe. Yeah. Could yeah. be four. I think. Um, and and have you have you played him? I have not. That is literally the only match I've ever dreamed of playing. I know that sounds mm. funny. Want to be on the court with Federer, but for me, and I've said this a few times, and I've said this early on, the the dominance that Nadal has had is tough for me. I I consider him the greatest right now. I do, and it's a it's going to be a tough argument. And Djokovic has you know the results against the top guys, and Federer is Federer, and you know we're but watching Nadal do his thing on clay court and Djokovic getting off the court and saying, I thought these conditions were for me, but Rafa keeps proving us yeah. wrong every day. Uh, yeah, pretty incredible. I am. I, I, I don't give a shit about the goat debate. I just yeah. don't like no. I, it's, it's pointless. I, of this. Yeah. I find myself, I think I'm lucky to get to watch these three athletes in particular who are whatever order you want to put them amongst the, you know, five best in the in history uh, on the men's side specifically. I mean, it's it's remarkable. We're very lucky to be in this incredible era of tennis on the men's side specifically. And I, I'm I'm lucky. Not only have I gotten to watch them, I've gotten to call their matches. It's it's remarkable. Let me throw a question to you. I know we have some questions to get to, but yeah, is it boring now? After such a topsy-turvy French Open to see Nadal-Djokovic final, are you bored? Mm-hmm. Not at all. Okay. I, I'm not just because I – and I saw an article about this, about how you know Novak would have beaten any other player in the draw on that on, on, on Sunday. 
would have been any other player in the draw. That's just how far ahead those two were at the time, right? And I still find myself thinking that's that's two of the all-time best getting getting to play that. And on top of it, now we're starting to see something you know, Dominic team getting in there and obviously getting a grand slam, but also deep, yeah. making the finals a couple times. I, I think we're on the verge of kind of that, I don't want to say a takeover because Novak's going to be around for another three, four years at this level. <laughs> But we're and we're Nadal. on that verge, and Nadal's <laughs> going to be a hundred. You know who who was it that said that a couple of years ago? He'll be two hundred six, yeah. and and still, uh, I I just I think we're really lucky. And and then I think about on the women's side, how you could have it feels like at any point right now twenty twenty five different women who could win each Grand Slam, and that's fantastic as well. The the incredible parody and and so many great storylines. Uh, it's it's incredible. I like. I I think we're I think we're lucky to one. actually. You got to pick one right now. I, I on the women's side. No, no, no. I'm not saying men's and women's. I'm saying anybody is a champion, or three. Well, that's exactly what I was I just know. about to say. I is know, that, but I like, was stopping you. I think I want you to pick one. I think it's great that you actually have this these two contrasting things here, and that you have. This the the unpredictability and of of what happens past the quarterfinals on the on the women's side in terms of any of those eight women could absolutely win it and you know it. Whereas on the men's side, you're just like, oh, is this is this the time that one guy makes the breakthrough and defeats Rafa at the French? Yeah. I mean, it's great storylines all about. And I I wish I'd have been there to kind of tell some of those stories. My, you know, like I found myself itching to to get back out there and. And broadcast and be be a part of that. Uh, and it, that provides a transition for us um, now that it's officially official, officially official on the schedule. Um, that Carrie and Orlando are on the schedule for challengers here in the U.S. November 9th and sixteenth. And I got my flights today. Uh, I am so. I, like I don't even like, want to talk about it though. I don't even want to jinx it. I don't want to put it out know, into like the world yet. <laughs> I know. I just like I. I am. There's a sense of relief seeing it on the calendar. That was the and word. and and just like I know, having talked to my friends at the USTA, how hard they have been working to get these two events on the calendar and to see it actually on the calendar. And listen, we know anything can happen. But man, there there are a lot of people who have put in a ton of hours to to just get those tournaments on the calendar, and we are going to be there. I shouldn't say we, because I I don't know, you might not make a cut. I'm going to be there in both Kerry and Orlando. Was that too there's, much? There's definitely a chance we both don't make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, um, yeah, I mean, hell of an effort by the USA. I know Kerry has been literally, you know grasping at anything they can get their hands yeah. on and again i don't even want to speak about it um and this is nothing against europe i just I, I just didn't want to go back i didn't want to take an international flight i did not want to do that and to you know lack the opportunity to you know keep my ranking up there or at least just play tennis just to play yeah. tennis um that was disheartening for you know definitely a few months but just to at least see it i don't Again, I don't want to talk too much about it because we've had some futures that have dropped off. But for right now, let's just be happy. I'm training for it. I feel good right now. Um, yeah, uh, that's really it right now. It's going to be a very American field 
yeah. I think is is what we're kind of expecting at this point. I know you've seen seen some of the you, you, as a player you get to see the list, but we should also point out like Ecuador and Brazil are going to be having challengers at the same time. I anticipate that there are a few more in Europe. So wh- this is what you wanted, though. This is exactly what you we know. Wanted. This is what you wanted, obviously, on the similar scale that we've had it, but your idea of regional events, making sure that travel wasn't as an underlying issue of this whole um, tour. So, yeah, I mean, it's good to see. Again, hoping it stays on. Um, Just want to hit some tennis balls. Uh, If you want to come to Tulsa and train anytime. No, I said I want to hit tennis balls, not chase after ones that go over the fence. Right, but as long as you hit it back to me, I can get it in your general vicinity. I do have to say, I don't know if... Did we ever speak about this? What? When we hit, you looked really good the last time we hit. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I've been I've been working hard on it. I actually... One thing I've been taking relatively seriously during this quarantine is working on my swing. So you either have to get a little bit quicker so you don't hit a backhand, or the backhand has to get better. Those yes. are the two options right there. I'm working really hard on getting that left arm through. The left there hand, left arm That's through. And uh, it's it's getting there, but it's a it's a work. I, like, I, I, I've really deconstructed my own strokes and rebuilt them from scratch. Like, I, mean, I did I that. I don't use this word lightly, but you're basically Tubby? a genius. Oh, thank you. That's that's very clear. So that brings us to the you know the politics uh, of tennis here. Let's 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 talk a little bit about that. Of course, the news that came out today, Noah, the um, I guess election of four new members of the Players Council, Andy Murray garnering all the headlines as the at-large member, uh, John Millman, uh, Felix Auger Aliassim, and Jeremy Chardy of France all joining the Player Council. Um, I, were you as a player, I mean, did, did you get a vote in this right now? How has this all worked? Because my, my understanding is that normally this is done by a player vote, but right now this one, not necessarily. Yeah, I think this was voted in by the Players' Council. I'm pretty sure because of the abrupt <laughs> uh, leaving of four council members, I believe four, yeah, um, yeah. that they needed to just throw a few people in um good to see Millman in there as a name I agree um you know obviously he's been vocal throughout this whole process and throughout the quarantine um and I'm curious to see if this is something he really wants to be a part of he just wants to get his feet wet I'm curious what his um initiative is a part of but I'm happy to have him in there he's obviously a great voice for us um uh, yeah a guy who's been through every level yeah um, yeah, I mean, for, you know, and that's what I was going to say was we don't see any players outside the top 100. Obviously, having Murray, who's, you know, been a voice for people that don't have one necessarily, and as well as Millman, you know, it, it's not ideal to not have players outside the top 100, but those are two good guys to, to have speaking for us if we're going to. What is the latest with the PTPA um, as we're as we're looking at this player council here and, and Kevin Anderson recently, who's now the president of the player council, he spoke out about the, the fact that, you know, he doesn't think there's an, a, necessarily a need for the PTPA and the player council can be that voice. What have you heard recently from the PTPA, um, if, if anything? Actually, I haven't heard much. Um, I'm curious if they're using kind of this time post French Open uh, to do a lot of work to really get, you know, whether it's bylaws or gain more traction, whatever the case may be. I mean, for Anderson for saying that, um, 
you know, maybe there's ulterior motive. I'm not sure. I just don't agree with that. I, I do believe it's tough to say because I don't know what I'm believing in when it comes to the PTPA, but it's scaring the ATP and ATP are still not doing the right things when it comes to COVID, when it comes to anything on the ATP tour right now, we're not seeing a lot of positive movement. Um, so I'm, I'm saying continue, uh, the PTPA just to scare them, get them going, you know, set a fire under their asses a little bit. I think, I think that's ideal. Amy Felterhoff on, on Twitter mentioned this. Um, she's been somebody who has, has actually worked, um, in, in the union area, if you will, the industries of, of unions and, and mentioned that, you know, even if it is just the player council and not the PTPA, what about the fact that maybe there'll be, um, extra extra bargaining chips, extra extra power within the council to potentially overrule tournaments. I mean, ultimately, that's kind of the same thing that you're looking for out of the PTPA in some way that maybe the players have more of a voice than tournaments, right? I mean, it seems what I've heard is the players' council is literally a suggestion. Right. So there's really, there's, they have no leverage. There's no leverage. That's That's, so that's been our issue. Is, the issue is the leverage. If you get that point, yeah. If you get that point to the player council saying, you know what, we're not we're not showing up. That's that's what it comes down to. And then obviously the whole idea of boycotting. Um, we're under a contract that we can't boycott. That's what we signed before the Australian Open. There's a lot of things that we sign at. Well, I say Australia before your first tournament of the year that um, prevents you, and they actually title you whatever they feel more comfortable, which is like believe an independent contractor that's what they title us to make sure that we can't do x y and z that we don't have these rights um and if we don't sign it we can't play the tournament so with that being said we need the power and numbers to say hey you don't have a tournament okay you have fed maybe let's say that but you're missing 175 or 300 other players that could be playing it so that's really the issue right now so let me get this straight though it, it has been a month and a half since since you guys had that picture and that that meeting and you have no communication from the PTPA nothing i've seen right now i'm in a few group chats so again i mean but nothing from novak or vashik specifically not that i've seen no um and and this is what i've said i mean this is one of the reasons i've kind of gone off twitter i'm doing things from the outside i've looked from the inside and i know the PTPA is kind of the outside but it's still part of this ATP tour um Things aren't moving anytime soon. <laughs> you know, I just, you look at it over and over again from different angles and it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, how many things have to go well for the PTPA to have enough leverage to make this work? I mean, you're telling a guy 150 in the world to not take your main draw paycheck. That's what you're saying. You know, there's a lot of things that have to go right for this to work. Um, and that's why I've, I've kind of taken a step out of it you know, it, it waned on me mentally. Um, I was in some dark places because of it because I felt like I couldn't help players or, or the tour. So, you know, I'm doing it kind of my own way. Uh, and it's not your job, though. That's not your job. Your job is to worry about you. Yeah, but that's the reason why we're in this situation to begin with. Not really. That's the reason why we haven't had the leverage in the past is because tennis players have looked out for themselves. I, I totally, I totally agree. But I, I you know, I, I could also make that, that argument that is someone in your shoes specifically, who's not necessarily a top 50 player mm -hmm. yet. 
Um, you know, you're, you're welcome. Way to, way to really um, get that one out there. I really sold it. Yeah. I think I sold it. Um, <laughs> but you know, like the, it's not necessarily your, your job at that point. I mean, this is frankly, this is what the player council theoretically should be. That's what their, in my opinion, that's what their job should be to be the ones who say, we're not doing it. That's not right. There's that the negotiation power, the leverage, as you mentioned it. It's not your job. You're not on the player council. I mean, you know me well I, enough at I, this point to understand that, you know, I'm going to enable change in one way or another, and that's yes. going to be, you know, who I am. And then now I put my neck out there, and you know, again, announcements to come. But it's uh, whether it's my job or not, it's it has to be done. And obviously, we've. You know, why would the Players' Council work now? It hasn't worked for X number of years. Why would it work now? I don't have a good answer Isn't except to a, say I, yeah. I do believe in the ideas that John Millman has. I tend to, I tend to like Andy Murray a great deal. Um, I, I, I think I'm going to try to reach out to Kevin Anderson and say, hey, listen, do you want to come on the show to talk about it here? Um I, I that's um, that's the thing is I think for, ultimately it's again yeah go we, ahead we just it, it's just us talking at a table okay maybe you, we have you the just sound like it's futile yeah it's futile uh, beyond I mean we uh, okay. you know it's what I think it's insanity you do the same thing over and over again expect a different outcome I mean that's kind of what we're doing yeah we're putting possibly better qualified people to maybe push this forward from the inside because Andy Murray, I feel like is liked by a lot of people <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and he's not trying to start anything from the outside. I don't know. Maybe we're trying a different way, but for me, it's just suggestions. It's like, you know, you raise your hand and be like, Hey, this should be good. And they're like, no. And like, okay, thanks. Thanks for hearing us out. So again, unless we have a, you know, something to say, Hey, you need us. Why would the seven entities listen ever? They're doing their own thing. I think they could be making two or three times the amount of money they're making, but they're making money and they don't want to risk that. And that's where we are. That's where we stand. And that's why tennis isn't evolving. You made the decision and you just mentioned it a couple minutes ago that you are leaving, you've left Twitter <laughs> yeah. uh, for, for a period of time, an undetermined amount of time. Explain why. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's kind of been, one of my fallbacks is, you know, when I see something, I've tried to hold back at times from saying stuff, but when it's really affecting me, when I really see an issue, I can't. And then I get like an instant gratification, whether it's positive or negative responses, I get this, you know, conversation back and forth. And, and to know at least that people are listening, that maybe I made a 0.1% difference. But um, in the end, when I literally in my head wrote down pros and cons of being on Twitter, there were not enough pros for me at the moment. I mean, between politics in the US and politics in tennis, uh, I just couldn't be on it anymore. Um, I my only my only issue, which we talked about was I was not going to get news about my own tennis career anymore, which was going to be my yeah. only problem with it. But besides that, I've actually have so much extra time in the day, whether it's being on Twitter or just this idea that I'm thinking about whatever I want to talk about or whatever I see. And like, I don't need to see these things. Like, I don't need to see the things that I, I like, you know, what was the last one? I was Vera of playing, you know, with a fever. I, I don't need to see that. Me tweeting out getting pissed is not going to do anything. You know, I want to focus on 
what I think is actually going to help evolve this sport. Um, and I have better uses of my time. So it, it took a lot. I mean, I know it sounds very funny. It took a lot to, you know, this has been a, a large part for both of us, you know, but um, I, I think it's needed and it's, you know, proven beneficial so far for my happiness. So we'll see. Uh, what's the time frame on this one for you? I'm out. I mean, I don't, I don't, done. I don't have an end date again. Well, pros and cons i don't have enough pros the pro is find tennis news that i need for my own career and get updates on the on the news as you know quicker than anything else so why don't you um i know this is something that's very popular why don't you get a shadow account i mean i have behind the rocket account um you know if i wanted yes. to follow but the thing is you know i'm inevitably you know i don't even know if this is connected even though everything is i'm going to have tennis things up and it's going to just take on a life of its own i just don't i don't need it i really don't i don't need to see these things it does not help me right now it really doesn't it's been it's been a problem um uh, mental health wise yeah 100 percent I mean, for me, and this is so funny as, I mean, as a side joke, not making, you know, obviously it's mental health week, but I've clicked the Waze app so yeah. many different times solely because that's where my Twitter app used to be. Mm, that's where, yes. that's how ingrained it was for me to, you know, turn on my phone, go to Twitter. That's how scary it was. Um, spoken, you know, to Dr. Katz about this. And, and, and it's this idea of, you know, instant gratification, you know, you have the anxiety of what's going on and then you get the responses and you get this rush. And I just wanted people to hear me out and be like, but no, but you know, people don't usually say like, Hey, that's a great idea. Or Noah, that was really great. You know, whether they agree or not, it just, it doesn't happen. So, um, again, wasn't really gaining anything out of it. Um, it was nice for a while, but better, better use of my time. Speaking of behind the racket, um, really an inspirational um, and sobering story that you posted um, with Sasha Korashvili, um, who I, I know is at the University of Oklahoma, just up the road uh, from me here in Tulsa. And I'm hoping you can, for people who haven't checked it out, um, kind of tell her story. Yeah. Um, you know, Ashley reached out from a few players. Actually, one of them was Sumit Nagal. Yeah. Um, and 13th championship at, at uh, Roland Garros this past weekend for him. And um, <laughs> I didn't get that one. Okay. That was Took good. Took you a second. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Summit, you know, came up to me and, and said, you know, he has a friend uh, that's going through some serious uh, issues and she's in the hospital right now and she needs a bone marrow transplant and it's going to be, I think it was like $250,000. And, mm. you know, it was, uh, I don't know what dawned on me. Not that this wasn't an obvious thing to try to help her out, but it was this idea that I have a platform that can help out at this level, you know, and, and, and to mm -hmm. give her the opportunity to hopefully share the story, to give her, um, a little extra help and, um, you know, like we had Bianca and you know, put it on her page and to see yeah. a little bit of that tennis community and what it means. I mean, this is, you know, the stuff that the media doesn't cover, you know, I mean, we're talking about people from around the world that we're all friends with. We've known each other for many, many years coming together. And, you know, I don't know Sasha, you know, personally, but the fact that we could be separated by one person and I would love nothing more than to help her out and, and to make this path easier for her and her boyfriend who's there in the hospital helping her out. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I feel responsibility and I just, I never feel like I'm doing enough, but I hope I'm, I'm hoping that this, you know, at least aids in a little bit of that process. Can I go to your mental health again? <clears throat> do you mind me asking a question? Sure. Why do you feel, um, so much responsibility to others? And I, 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 I don't, I don't say that as it's a bad thing. Okay. Don't get me wrong. We I'm not saying three, 12 or 16, <laughs> but, but why, you, you know, this has kind of come up throughout this entire episode, Noah, about, about you feel the responsibility, you know, whether about the, the greater aspects of tennis politics. Uh, I mean, obviously Sasha's story is compelling mm -hmm. and heartbreaking uh, and frustrating the medical costs uh, for so many people who have dealt with something like that. Um, but why, why, why do you feel that need that, that it's your responsibility when frankly it, 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 I don't mean this in any negative way. It it's isn't. not. No. Um, you know, the, there's an arrogance behind it a little bit, this understanding that I feel like I have, whether it's attributes or the ability to hopefully make a difference in one way or another, that's, you know, and I don't want to let that be wasted at all. And, I, and sometimes there's months that go by where I don't feel like I've lived up to that potential. Um, and it's an issue for me and it's stuff I've worked on my whole life. And it's not the idea of controlling, but it's, it's trying to help so much that it feels like control. I, I want to do so much to help the situation um, that when it gets out of hand, it does affect me. But again, I, I feel this overwhelming at times, but you know, now it's, it's been, a little bit more controlled this idea that i feel like i have tools at my dispense whether me or my team or around me or my platform that can help people so help people you know do it and do it to the best of your ability um and 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 see what happens and that's that's always been you know no matter how much we shit on each other i think you can attest that i i do care deep down about a lot of people and and tennis as a whole um, and I, I just, I have a vision and then I just, I'd yeah. like to see you. I, I say <laughs> that just because I'd, I'd like to see you take care of yourself more. I mean, I, I think that's why the Twitter thing was actually a, you know, kind of important here, but you know, that's, I think that's always the concern of, of those of us who are around you is that we'd like to see you take care of yourself a little bit more. I mean, I, I do in the past six months, a pretty good job, actually. I mean, this is kind of the best place I've been in, in, yeah. in my career. It has. It really has. I mean, you know, me talking negatively on, on podcasts or Twitter, I mean, that's my passion for what I'm doing. But that's not me personally. Yeah, does it take a toll at times? 100%. But how I'm feeling, how things are going, there's a lot of other things in my life. And I, and I feel good with where I'm at. That's not going to say I'm not going to speak negatively about shitty situations, though. I'd like to just, on, on the heels of that, if I could just give a, a quick plug See this this episode is going to be released on Tuesday morning. Uh, Tuesday, I believe it is three o'clock Eastern time, uh, noon Pacific. I'm going to be on a, a Twitch and YouTube stream with Mental Health Matt. If you just do a search for him, kind of talking about my mental health journey as I'm kind of you know questioning Noah about his, but uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about mine and. Uh, it's, it's funny, Noah, we, we had, um, better help that that was a sponsor of podcast for a little bit. And I, I just started, 
um, with a BetterHelp counselor. And even this evening, as we recorded, before we recorded, I was talking uh, at length about my need for approval. Mm. Uh, kind of that, that, same, that same thing, right? You always feel like you have to do something to get somebody's approval. You have to do that little bit more. And uh, so it's, you know, that's why I, I say that to you because I want to make sure you're doing what you feel is necessary to make others best, but ultimately you have to be able to take care of yourself first and then take care of others. So anyways, Tuesday, if you have the chance to stop by, uh, search for Mental Health Matt on Twitch or YouTube and um, watch stream, be a part of it, and um, you know find out more information on my Twitter account as well. I still, I still have a, a Twitter account because unlike Noah, people like me. Um, and I think that's ultimately what it comes down to, right? Ooh, are you sure? Have you spoken to Jamie recently? <laughs> uh, your your girlfriend or yes. Jamie Lowe? No, my girlfriend. Because I spoke to Jamie Lowe but at length, actually, this past weekend. And she still likes you? Yeah. Oh, no, we're good. Uh, my daughter has started FaceTiming with Jamie Loeb now. Oh, so she has Jamie Loeb, Jamie Weisler, Noah Rubin, just on speed dial yes. whenever she wants. Well, I, you know, I... I I appreciate the fact that she likes talking to you, and this is all kidding aside. Um, I want her to have, I'm a single dad, right? And I want to make sure I do the best I can to provide strong female role models, um, strong, successful women who are in front of her so she sees that she can do and be anything. Right. Like That's important for me to present to her as a father and representation matters, right? I mean, we're learning that very clearly right now. If I can put in front of her strong, successful, powerful women watching the women's final on Saturday, I want to do that. So Jamie Loeb is somebody that I, I think very highly love, highly of. Um, Jamie, your, your girlfriend, um, I mean, she's going to be a vet very soon. Um, and, and that's amazing as well. So I, I think it's, it is important to put those type of like I said, strong representations of women in front of my daughter, and it's something I'm gonna, you know, do the best I can with. I like that. You do work hard. I'll give you. I'll give you credit. You're Thank you're you. a great father. Thank you. It's it's just the tubbiness that I need to work on. Yeah, that has nothing to do earlier. with your ability to be a father. But um, yes, I mean, uh, I just want to add one thing. It is Mental Health Week. I yes. do encourage people just to reach out and ask. Yep. How are you? You know, it's a simple question, but. Ask it in a different way besides the same old what's up, you know, actually asking it. You know, people ask me how I get my stories. A lot of them are just like, you know, how are you? How are things? What's happening? Um, yeah. You know, that's where it stems from. So just reach out to people. Make sure everybody's okay. It's a tough time, you know, still, even though everybody thinks that things are kind of coming back to normal, it's still going to be a roller coaster. So let's be careful. So that's Noah Rubin over there in New York City. Uh, I'm Mike in Tulsa. We will be back next week. We are going to be working on a guest um, for next week as well. But, um, you know, stay in touch, uh, stay positive as best you can, and we'll talk soon. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at Noah Rubin33, at Mike C. Tennis and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.